2: It's a hot one. That's right. It's a hot, hot summer because the Release the Butthole Cut Tour is back at it with Wizard and the Bruiser and Page 7. Holden, where are we going?
3: In July, we'll be in Oklahoma City, then Kansas City, then St. Louis, Missouri. July 11th, we'll be in Oklahoma City. July 12th, Kansas City. And rounding it out with July 13th,
2: St. Louis. Be there. Where can we get them tickets, Jake? Oh, You just got to go to LastPodcastNetwork.com for tickets. For tickets, you got to go to LastPodcastNetwork.com.
3: Help us finally release that butthole cut. (laughs) It's the only way. Hey, everybody, it's me, Jake, Eric. I'm fast, man. Oh, with my blue pants on and my helmet. Oh, I'm a fast guy. Look at me. I can do the herky-jerky, and I can do the Charleston, and I can do it really fast. I'm the first Flash, and I'm also your bruiser Holden.
2: Jake, what do you have for this opening? My name is Wally West. I'm the fastest man alive. I'm the Flash. When you were hit by that bolt of lightning... You didn't tap into the speed force. You created it. <laughs> and if that sentence makes any sense to you, good Lord, you need to seek help because the Flash, and also I'm a wizard, Jake. Um, the Flash, I, I, all every time we have to cover one of these superheroes with not like 30 years of history, not 50 years of history, 83 years of bullshit we're going to have to try and cover in this episode, Holden. And I was just filled, filled with just angst the entire week. I had like, I'm not going to say panic attack. This episode fucked you up. You were so, I was like, what are we doing? I had to take several anxiety naps (laughs) every single time I looked at this topic.
3: And you had that fridge full of anxiety hamburgers, which I thought was uh, cartoon. They were
2: anxiety empanadas. (laughs) I like a little more exotic ground meat product. I'll have you know, but. Here's, okay, let me break it down. Let me break it down real fast. The Flash is the most comic book ass comic book character who has ever existed. To even begin to uh, like pick up a Flash comic book and like understand what's happening you have to know so much fucking bullshit. You have to know that the Golden Glider is Captain Cold's sister. You have to know that like Barry can travel faster than the speed of light and travel through time, but only if he goes extra fast, he'll get lost in the speed force. You have to know what the fuck a speed force is. Oh, we'll you talk have about to know, the motherfucking
3: speed force.
2: You have to know whether or not his wife, Barry Allen's wife, is actually a clone that was built in the 30th century after her soul was saved to the future. There is so much fucking nonsense with this character. There's, you gotta know the difference between Johnny Quick and Max Mercury and Savitar and fucking, and is Zoom the same as Professor Zoom? No, they are not, Holden. Eobard Thon, Let's talk about it. It was him, Barry. It was him all along. There's so much shit. And Flash fans love it. Flash fans are some of the most sincere, wonderful Beautiful people you will ever meet. If I'm talking to someone and I ask them who their favorite character is, and they say The Flash, I, I immediately know I'm talking to like a good soul, a genuine good egg. Because The Flash, The Flash traditionally, he's not a muscle bound power, like roided out power fantasy. Traditionally, The Flash is like this slim cut, kind of like easy going guy. He's not in it for the fame. He's not in it for the power. Whether it's Wally West, whether it's uh, Bart Allen, whether it's Barry Allen, whether it's all the myriad of Flashes there's been over the years, the Flash is a good guy who does his best. I grew up reading Wally West comics in the 90s. That was my Flash. I loved him the way that they carried on his legacy Uh, You know, the weight of Barry Allen's sacrifice kind of reverberating throughout all of his adventures. I loved how they kind of mashed all the Flashes together in the DC animated universe, in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. He was the heart and soul of the team. He was incredible. Like, the Flash is a singularly beautiful character that combines the aspirational heights of what it means to be a quote-unquote good guy, as well as the psycho bananas cosmology and mythology and non-science that goes into a standard superhero comic the flash is beyond anything you can understand the flash is an intimidating presence and i i honestly don't know if we'll be able to fully summarize what the flash means in a single podcast episode, but God damn it, we're going to try.
3: Yeah, we're going to try. I, I think a lot of it, too, is just realizing how much of a utility character the Flash is. Not just in any, any given storyline, but he really ushered in the Silver Age of comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ushered in the whole concept of the multiverse. Even now with this new movie coming out, this is James Gunn's way of completely wiping the DCU clean so that they can start fresh with a whole new slate of heroes and actors being those heroes, Mm -hmm. you know? Even to this day, it's like a reset utility option because he's got the ability to fuck with time, uh, create different timelines you know we'll we'll get into how he he crea- you know creates the 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 idea- you know the multiverse is the most important concept in comic book movies right now across the fucking board it is it is darkly
2: it, ironic and, and it
3: is also hilarious are you about to say this that that it's amazing and it is such the curse of the DCU that Marvel beat them to it when in the history of comic books the flash and DC comics are actually the ones to thank for introducing it and probably a whole generation of people thinks that Marvel did it first because of the way the movies have dropped.
2: The number one criticism that I'm seeing, I haven't seen the film the new film yet, but it's definitely that like this movie is coming out at the exact second that there's like apparently a lot of multiverse fatigue after yes. across the Spider-Verse Spider-Man No Way Home uh multiverse of madness dr strange as well as yeah uh even stuff like everything everywhere all at once and rick and morty like the multiverse is super played out at this exact second how
3: fucking bummed out they've been sitting on this movie for forever largely due to one ezra miller we'll get into it (laughs) not to mention covid and anything else that you could put into production hell pre-production hell Mm -hmm. when fucking Spider-Man what was it No Way Home Mm -hmm. which one's the one with the multiverse how upset were those execs when that movie dropped (laughs) and was the biggest most successful superhero movie massive hit and it just has all the trappings of like what they were like you guys aren't going to believe what we got in store for this (laughs) Flash movie (laughs) but it's really fascinating how you know this guy I think more than anything else because I think in terms of iconography you know, Batman, Bruce Wayne's parents dead in the street. Mm-hmm. You've got Spider Man, Aunt May. You know, uh, MJ. You've got, you've got, you've just got all these like big heroes with their iconography. Going into the Flash, I was like, what's this guy's deal? Who did who who? And and you know, and his his mom dies. You know, and and is a whole well thing. now she did yeah, but like you you know, in terms of like who he is. I think so much more with the flash is what he is and what he adds. He's like a, such a value add to a comic storyline or a group of heroes. Right. Mm-hmm. But who he is on his own has never necessarily been like the reason he's kind of like how the Hulk is countered counter. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. So unless you're a big bang theory fan or something within the greater, uh, within the popular imagination, I will agree with you that, uh, flash, Obviously, the even from Jay Garrick's original costume with the winged helmet, like, and it's, yes, he is the Mercury. He is the uh, messenger of the gods. Mm-hmm. Though he is not a physical threat, he can go vast distances. He can, like, sneak behind enemy lines. He can, he works in a less direct fashion because everything happens in a blink of an eye. Yeah. But his solo adventures, the Flash as a character has been, again, in near continuous iterations since its inception in the 1940s. True. And within that bizarre, complicated, mo- rebooted more times than I can even like wrap my head around, the costume has been worn by multiple characters, um, you have such a unique vibe and such a unique uh, universe within itself. That there's a reason why the Flash TV series, the the Arrowverse Flash, has been running for like nine seasons and just getting bonkers upon bonkers upon bonkers upon more bonkers. Because, like, there's just something about when you introduce these, what they did in the uh, Silver Age, you introduce these high concept sci-fi things Mm -hmm. and put it in the hands of these ambitious comic book writers just you get shit like Gorilla Grodd and you get stuff like the reverse flash and the black flash. You get things like Savitar, uh, the fucking master of the speed force. You get <laughs> things. Um, One of my favorite things about um the flash is his rogues gallery, which, uh you know, it's like the the, the connoisseur, uh-huh. like the, the alt hipster answer on who has the best rogues gallery. Is you got to say, you know, not Batman, not Spider Man. The Flash has the best rogues gallery because they were immediately humanized so fast into their run. Because you're literally, they're literally having to fight against a guy who can travel at faster than the speed of light. And his enemies are like a guy who can do cold stuff, a guy who can shoot fire, a lady, a guy who can spin around, a guy who can shoot rainbows, a psychic gorilla, like, all of these, like, just nonsense characters that are, they just immediately started having, like, existential crises, and you learned about their, like, struggles to feed their families, (laughs) and, like, they became these, like, lovable kind of shitheads, these, like, you know, these uh, lovable losers in a lot of ways that that and the flash's relationship to them where it's one where like he like cares about them in a certain way he like wants them to do better and he's not in you know he's not there to punish them he's just there to like mitigate the harm that they do it's a very it's it's a very empathetic relationship between a hero and his villains which when he's dealing with all of these like nonsense like goofy clown characters what always happens is Some writer is like, well, how do, what would actually fuck with the Flash? And the end result is some of the most nightmarishly terrifying villains of all time. Um, Before Spider-Man got his Venom, Flash got his reverse Flash. And the hatred and horror of Eobard Thawne as a villain and Zoom, who is not Professor Zoom. I can't, I'm never going to get this straight. (laughs) really, uh, like, cranked up the level of, like, suffering and horror and drama and conflict that a modern hero could uh, have to go through in a way that, like, nowadays, it's almost, like, par for the course that, like, heroes spend more time dealing with, like, personal vendettas than they do actually saving the world in modern comics.
3: But well, one of the villains, one of the villains that did disturb me more than most others was the diddler, which <laughs> I did not enjoy. You made that up? Yeah, I did not love the orphanage. Wait, are we talking about Ezra uh, Miller? Episode. Is that what
2: we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, please. Can we for a moment? We'll get into it.
3: Well, before we get into the full history of the Flash, um, you know, I guess we've kind of gushed. I will just say this right now. I think he's only more recently become a point of interest to me but in like not the best way because there's just so much drama and weirdness around the Flash in movies mm. as like a whole element of in my, what is in my opinion now especially after doing the research this week the curse of the DCU like did some like did some witch get Their house destroyed by like the one of the DC like movie studios or something. Uh, What happened? There's some bizarre curse placed on the DC cinematic universe, the DC comics cinematic universe. It is so weird to me how like fucked they keep getting by so many different situations. And we'll see if everything will change. I mean, this movie does seem to bring them back in in a in a certain way but it has this stink to it because of Ezra Miller uh uh before that I don't the flash was just never in my orbit when it came to comics and you know other media around it You I never definitely...
2: argued on the schoolyard whether or not uh, the who could win a race the flash or superman dude i was smoking cigarettes with spawn <laughs> oh, are i you forgot kidding? i forgot yeah bro i was sm- i was fucking yeah
3: i had my uh uh oj simpson uh Pog slammer <laughs> and my cigarettes <laughs> And spawn. I was that. You know what I mean? It was a totally different deal. I was like, give me some graffiti. Give me some. You know mm-hmm. what does weed smell like? Like that was. You know what I mean? Like that was me. I was a bad kid. Uh, yeah. That was. I was edgy. I was edgy. I was a bad kid. So the Flash really looked like uh, mm-hmm. quite. You know, I was like that kid gets. You know that guy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bully that guy. Honestly, you know what I mean?
2: if I like, if you thought like the maximalist. Uh, school of design that gave us like Todd McFarlane's spawn and Rob Liefeld's cable and all that was like a direct refutation of Carmine Infantino's original, like just red spandex with some lightning bolts, simple flash costume, which I think is still super iconic. And, you know, it, it really like, especially for the time was a revolutionary idea but it's yeah no I can 100%. do. You, do you
3: have a specific like Flash touch point? What were you? Did you enjoy that CW show? Uh, you know, like I think that's a good place for people to find Flash in a positive way and f- have a gush about. Um, you know, I
2: definitely read several like eras of Flash, Jeff Johns Flash Rebirth. I definitely tuned into, even though again, the Flash I grew up with was Wally West. Mm-hmm. um... But the uh I think the most sticky, the stickiest, I don't know why I keep saying stickiest, but the version of the flash that is most like just drilled into my psyche is definitely Michael Rosenbaum's performance as Wally West in the Bruce Tim uh Justice League animated series, uh Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. It really just like distills and focuses what made the flash such a lovable character whether it's him interacting with his rogues or him just having a quippy joke to keep spirits up or the way that like the entire team like truly loves and appreciates this character um the oh god i still cry when i think about the scene where uh the flash in i think justice league unlimited or justice league regular i forget uh is just starts running around the world as fast as possible to beat the combination luther brainiac And he starts, like, vibrating and glitching out. And he's like, I went too fast. I have to go to the Speed Force. And, like, all the heroes, even Batman, like, struggle to bring him back. And it's just, like, such a heartfelt, like,
0: thing. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories the early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out for the place you've put down roots trust amica home insurance amica empathy is our best policy
3: that's cool and 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 you brought up the speed force too and I do think that was one of the more interesting things to me i love like when there's pseudoscience in very magical mystical like comic books or fantasy it it, but i and i love that i love when we create like rules out of. you know we talked about like hunter hunter is a great example Mm -hmm. in anime of creating like a really specific rule set to how the power works and it's not just just yeah he's really fast you know he 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 got chemical goo in his nose and he now he's Mm -hmm. you know whatever and then he got changed and instead it's like, no, 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 there's like rules to this science. It's called the speed force. And there's all these ins and outs of it. And, you know, we can kind of explore that. I, I I really appreciate that. And I thought that was very interesting. And maybe part of it is you just also landed on the other thing. You're like, oh, my flash is like more the the Wally uh flash, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it too, though, is that Flash has you know, different people, different alter egos stepping in to take on the the mantle of the Flash, but that also kind of, I think there's something about how like Thor's always Thor, Spider Man's always Peter Parker, Bruce Wayne's always Batman, and there's something about that that like well, just sticks well, in people. Yeah,
2: Thor isn't always Thor. True, Batman isn't always Batman, and Spider Man isn't always Spider Man, and that wasn't really a thing. Until the Flash, uh, until Barry Allen, Mm. the idea of the legacy character acknowledging the mantle, although in, I believe in showcase number four, his first appearance, they set it up that Barry, like in the, in Barry Allen Flash's universe, he reads comic books yes. about Jay Garrick. there's a
3: parallel, yeah, it's a meta weird yeah. thing.
2: And then in, uh, what was, I've, issue 123, The Flash of Two Worlds, they just go ahead and say, the writer Gardner Fox from my universe yes. said he saw the adventures of you in his dreams.
3: Yes, which is really interesting and maybe one of the first fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. things, like we, which we would later get, you know, Deadpool, She-Hulk, well, it's really interesting, and I'm ready to talk about it. It's time for us to do the Flash, damn it. we It's been too long, Jake. It's a superhero. Flash! The-
2: ah, <laughs> he'll save every one of us! Is, is, are we doing that one? Sure, I guess. That'd be amazing if I just have, like, I'm screaming about Barry Allen and fucking the trickster, and you're like... Jake, we were supposed to do Flash Gordon. I'm like, oh, no! (laughs) But we keep the episode anyway. (laughs) Well, let's go all the way back to the golden age of comic
3: books so that we can talk about the creation of the first Flash, who was created by Gardner Fox, you just mentioned, with artist uh, Harry Lampert, Creating the design. Gardner Fox was a bit different from the -the run-of-the-mill comics writer back in the day. He grew up quite well-to-do in Brooklyn. Uh, He even got his law degree from St. John's College and practiced for a couple years before quitting to pursue a career in comics. He started off as a contributor of prose stories to pulp science fiction magazines through the 30s. He's also described as a polymath who saw general knowledge of the world as a hobby, and would regularly include historic, scientific, and mythological references in his comics work. So the Flash, of course, a modern day take on the Greek Roman god Mercury, uh, and that was uh, definitely a huge part of what he was always trying to do. Always trying to like bring in these references uh, to, to to comics and and up bring them up to date. So that's how we get that. Harry Lampert started cartooning at 16 years old, working under Max Fleischer on stuff like Betty Boop, Popeye, and Coco the Clown, and though he co-created The Flash, he did not draw superhero comics for very long, as he opted for more humorous fare. Uh, The Flash was initially in a red long sleeve shirt and blue pants with lightning bolts on them, as well as a helmet with little wings on the sides. Uh, his name Jay Garrick, a college student who couldn't hack it as a football player, so he becomes a research scientist and accidentally inhales. As hyper- you do, you as know, you classic
2: do. career pipeline where you. See- Fail as a jock and immediately <laughs> fall into a career in research science. We've all been there.
3: He was like, I'm tired of having sex with all these beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for me to go into the research science field and learn super science. He accidentally inhales hypercharged atoms of radioactive liquid, also known as hard water vapors.
2: Heavy water vapors. Heavy water. Which, uh, if any chemists are in the room, know that is, that is just not how that works at all. And that costume, he just looks...
3: I'd say a little ridiculous, wouldn't you say? A little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, he's got like a. It looks like he's
2: got like a a, a bowl for. He's like, got a salad bowl with wings on yeah, it he's on got his a, head. Yes. Uh, his costume is just a red shirt and some pants. Um, the way that they show the sp- the speed is just he's just always standing still with some speed, like some random lines around him. It's not like very exhilarating uh and you know he doesn't have a mask or anything so he's just like literally some guy he's just some man in a in a salad bowl helmet just running around fucking with mobsters yeah um but you know a lot of these golden age comics were really just not that uh thrilling even compared to uh to what we'd end up with later and you know bopping around I was hoping for some, like, actual insanity, some, like, weird space aliens, some high-concept sci-fi, but they really, they play more, like, just very bland gangster stories. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh, now he's at the circus. Now there's mobsters on the docks. Now there's mobsters. I was waiting for that, like, because we have covered it a couple of times, these, like, genuine, uh, like, holy shit moments of, like, true psycho bananas outsider art like weirdness of like stuff that we've covered before like the vision green lantern all have had these like amazing moments but no i'm i kept scrolling and like okay in this one he's fighting what looks like a weird combination of charlie chaplin and the three stooges and they make evil wax figures like it's just (laughs) it's just very child-friendly shenanigan comics it's no, you know, no disrespect to the character's origins, but it really feels like something changed when they made the jump to the Silver Age. Yeah. Uh he made his first
3: appearance in the Flash comics number 1 in early 1940, but the bigger event for him was uh, and this is his first use as like full-on utility player. Uh, The bigger event for him in Gardner Fox was a as a major player in the original Justice Society of America, the first ever superhero team. Mm -hmm. Big, big deal. And uh, that, you know, really, really uh, how fundamental to comic books and superheroes is the superhero team up. This this was kind of the first big instance of that. Uh, and he also ran in Flash Comics all through the 40s. But the end of World War II, of course, meant the end of the Golden Age of superhero comics. And Flash Comics is canceled in 1949 with issue number 104. The Justice Society itself went away in ni- 1951. It really as was. people wanted their ghost stories yeah, and yeah. their westerns and their you know yada yada yada.
2: It was the 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 Justice Society really tied their like. They t- they tied their horse to the world to the war fervor and you know buy your bonds sock it to Hitler it was very rah rah stuff and it just as soon as the war was over they're like well wait what do you guys even do anymore meanwhile like you mentioned comics publishers like EC were in the mix and like making things that were more thrilling and dangerous for the uh, now aging original superhero comic audience so for a while romance horror. Western science fiction were all dominating superheroes and they kind of went away for a hot second except for, you know, like Superman and Batman, which were already like iconic by that point.
3: But then, of course, you also uh, then later have the Comics Code Authority coming in. Uh, getting, you know, essentially shutting down all of the ghost stories and the westerns and the romance stories with the new policies. And so they said, oh, shit, we got to bring these superheroes back so we can keep making big money on comic books. And so uh, that is how we get ushered into the Silver Age. And uh, also what ushers us into the Silver Age is The Flash. So, uh, yeah, in the mid to late 50s, Uh, uh, You've got DC and Marvel bringing us into the Silver Age. The first attempt, though, was with The Flash. The new version of the hero was created by writer Robert Kaniger, uh, editor Julie Schwartz, and penciler Carmine Infantino. Canninger won a college short story contest in the New York Times and so had a career writing short stories for magazines early on. He joined All-American Comics, later becomes DC Comics, and uh, he joins them in 1945 during the Golden Age. He wrote for the Justice Society. He eventually headed up Wonder Woman later on in the decade. Uh, Canninger said... I created the modern Flash. I wrote about him. I sat with him and listened to his hopes and despairs and dreams. He has my genes." Very writerly quote. Longtime DC editor Julie Schwartz said, The only thing I've had in common with his predecessor, uh, the only thing he had in common with his predecessor was his speed. I wanted originality, and that became my watchword for everything I did be original. I gave Barry the Flash Allen a new origin and an interesting cast of characters. The result was a runaway hit. Barry Allen had a meta, uh, a meta admiration for the original Flash. We already talked about this, reading him in comic books. Uh, and uh, Kenaiger said, "I made him a police scientist." Since I had worked uh, for the PAL for several years and blew him up in a chemical explosion. In real life, he would have been scraped off the walls in comics. <laughs> I love that. In comics, his atomic structure was rearranged, and he became the fastest man in the world. Naturally, he was always late in civilian life, exasperating his girlfriend. He had to have a girlfriend, didn't he? He had to be late. Didn't he? I love this guy. Mm -hmm. Kniger also explains where uh, he got the idea for Flash's ring. Uh, Of course, this is one of the bigger, funnier points with the Flash. Mm -hmm. He has a ring that has his costume in it and a little tiny, uh, and it pops out and and goes full size. Uh, This is great.
2: Activated by the air is what they say in a lot of these uh, Silver Age comics. No idea what the fuck that means. Uh, who knows, but... How does he put it back in? But I I, I love this
3: quote and, and the character this was based on. The Flash's ring was sheer plagiarism. When I was a preteen or almost a teenager, I used to sit on the steps of a tenement house uh, at Washington Avenue and about 179th Street with a rabbi's son, who was an aspiring pulp writer. He told me about a character running in a pulp called the Crimson Clown, I believe. Wow. When he wanted to switch from his Chevys, he he pressed a spring on a ring on his finger. The clown costume erupted out and expanded to life size. So many years later, I stole that gimmick. You can't sue me. The statute of limitations has run out. Uh, very, very funny. I love it. He's just so open about that. He's like the anti-Stan Lee. He's like, yep, I stole it. Come at me. <laughs> Uh, So The Flash proves to be popular enough to get his own series again in 1959, written by John Broom. Keniger only did a few issues before leaving uh, because he and Schwartz did not get along very well. Mm -hmm. John Broom had written for the character throughout the Golden Age, so uh, easy for him to jump back in. Uh, and it came back around full circle in 1960 when Gardner Fox includes Barry Allen in his new superhero team, the Justice League of America. Gardner also got to play with reviving the original Flash, Jay Garrick, so the two could team up starting with 1961's The Flash of Two Worlds, a trope that was used a lot in future comic stories as this was the first time the concept of a multiverse was introduced.
2: So, So the idea behind this is that the uh, you know the idea of bringing in a new Flash with like a sleeker uniform, a uh, more modern sensibility, more sci-fi adventures, more bombastic villains, um, all of the you know st- the cosmic treadmill, like all these these wackadoo things was a way to like bring in elements from the space race, from the sci-fi boom, from all of these like uh, because sci-fi anthologies were selling well. But you didn't have that repeat audience that a good superhero story used to do week to week. That was Schwartz's big idea, was what if we had the serialization of a superhero book with the fantastic concepts and thought experiments and adventures of a sci-fi book? And in between all that, fans kept going like, well, wait. Is the old Flash still, or is like, what's, are there, literally the Flash of Two Worlds starts with a bunch of uh, captions with like hands, they're literally boxes with hands sticking out of them, going, how many Flashes are there? One or two? Is Barry Allen the real Flash, or is he just pretending to be Jay Garrick? Wait, does the Flash live in Central City, where Barry Allen was based out of, or Keystone City, the city where Jay Garrick was based out of? Um, and so it's, the thing was like, just one of the things that I love about Silver Age comics is how out of their way they go to like squash confusion and like lay out rules and make things like dumb stuff. Like, no, Thor doesn't fly. He throws his hammer, then catches it quick. Like shit like that. I find so intoxicating. And so Flash is doing a magic stunt show for a bunch of uh, orphans and he vibrates a rope to make it stand still. Uh huh. And he vibrates the rope so hard, he blips out of existence and ends up in a parallel reality. After being confused for a little bit, he's like, Keystone City? I thought I was in Central City. What's going on? Wait, does that mean Jay Garrick is here? And so using his knowledge from the comic books, he tracks down Jay Garrick. He's like, in my world, you're a comic book character written by Jay Gardner. Uh, and Jay Garrick's like, oh, that's fascinating. Wow. And they explain that two parallel earths can exist because even though they're existing on the same like physical plane of matter, they're vibrating at different frequencies. And the greater the vibrational difference, the more different the world is. And so flashes Barry Allen's flash is close enough to Jay Garrick's flash that they can, like, go on parallel adventures. They defeat some bad guys, they have some fun together, and at the end, Jay Garrick sees the Flash vibrate again and go back to his home world, and Jay Garrick says, huh, so that's how he does it. I bet I can do that to visit him later. And this creates a ripple effect where now we have Earth-1 and Earth-2. And then there's, like, other Earths that get introduced as every different parallel a uh, plotline or canon within DC Comics now has to exist on its own set Earth, and people can cross over. And people like Superman are just casually interacting with the Superman of Earth Two, and Green Lantern is interacting with the Green Lantern of Earth Two. And then when Shazam enters the picture, Shazam's on his own Earth, and just this, inc- this it just balloons and balloons and balloons and creates for a while. A lot of really fun, dynamic, uh, multiversal crossover stories. The kind that we enjoy to great excess in our modern era. But it also just really uh, uh, starts becoming more... The concept of, don't worry, it's multiverses, it makes sense, ends up becoming more confusing than explanatory over the years.
3: Sure, but wh- again, just like superhero team-ups, like where are we even... At this point, especially in the movies Mm -hmm. without the whole multiverse concept, which really is so helpful now is more than anything because of specific actors being associated with specific roles and having multiple actors being associated with specific roles, you know, And, and who didn't want Michael Keaton back in the mix and the only way to get him back in the mix without it just being like what <laughs> you know is to have the multiverse mm-hmm. accessible yeah it's it's interesting what do you think Jake do you do you like the multiverse at this point or not
2: um at this stage in my existence i can un- i now understand that these are make believe stories written by underpaid freelancers <laughs> for the enjoyment of emotionally stunted young men right so if there's just a portal that opens up and there's like an old version of spider-man or a spider-man like if i'm reading a comic and like spider-man 2099 just shows up out of a portal is like hi i don't need the fucking fake quantum physics to explain how that happened i i personally don't need that The more you explain it, the more I'm just, like, making the jerk-off hand motion, quite honestly.
0: (laughs) Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or.
1: the more you can save amika empathy is our best policy
3: it's interesting yeah i i wonder i wonder to what end sometimes with some of this stuff and especially with the the films like what happens after you wear out the multiverse shit which is like not long from now it's already become now with this new Flash movie, like really getting to become old hat here. And uh, I don't know, you know, where does it keep, where does it continue to evolve? I mean, I guess we'll get a, probably we'll get
2: a crisis on infinite earths, right? We'll have it. I mean, the, the actual, the actual like bullshit is when they do this shit with like not comic books. Yeah. Like they're going to just be like uh, Keanu Reeves from Speed is Uh, teaming up with Keanu Reeves from John Wick. No, Indiana Jones meets Star Wars. Like, just (laughs) anything and everything is fair game because the only advantage these massive corporations have over just, especially with digital filmmaking techniques, anybody with a decent story to tell could get it out there. The only raw advantage in terms of spectacle is the IP holdings. These massive dragon-like hordes of characters and concepts.
3: You want to hear two words that you you can't unhear? Sure. Max Multiverse. That's right, kids. Oh, all yeah. of your favorite reality shows and Sh- all of your favorite prestige HBO shows all in one story you're gonna get it all you're gonna have Natalia Grace will battle uh, the Game of Thrones dragon
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> just a horrific nightmare uh, absolutely Dr.
2: Pimple Popper i want to talk to you about joining the Justice League <laughs> <laughs> yikes
3: well anywho it's all thanks to the Flash folks uh, also, during this time, Flash's rival enters the scene as Reverse Flash, created by John Broom and Carmine Infantino. He first appears in The Flash, number 139, in 1963. I think his name is, quite frankly, very stupid-sounding, but he what? is a cool and interesting character. He's from character. the future.
2: You I'm don't know Flash, what names. i reverse Flash. It just is clunky. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about his name, uh, Eobard Fawn. No, I thought that's kind of cool sounding.
3: <laughs> no, the part where he's like, I'm not Flash. I'm reverse Flash. I go backwards.
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> well, from the get, from the, the Flash is, they've been playing with this shit the entire time. The very first appearance of the Flash back in 1950, I'm sorry, the Barry Allen Flash. Again, so fucking confusing. Uh, 1956, showcase number four. The Flash's first villain was called the Turtle Man, <laughs> the slowest man alive, who uh, literally, all he did was lay booby traps for the Flash, who would just run head first. He literally, one of the Flash's first fights, I, if no, the first fight of Barry Allen involves him seeing the shadow of the Turtle Man in an alleyway. He runs at it at full speed, smacks into a wall and realizes it was just a painting of his silhouette like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Ha. Like, it, it just, yeah, no, they've always been like, what is the ultimate challenge to the fastest man? Anti-fastness. <laughs> it's, uh, what what
3: makes him cool? What what's cool about this? What what what's great about this? Because you're like his rogues gallery is awesome, mm-hmm. and you know at the head of the rogues gallery is I would say Reverse Flash. I mean even just well, based on like a searching, Reverse Flash
2: has always been outside of the rogues gallery. I you know like Reverse Flash is when you want shit to hit the fan, when you want shit to get real. If you want the Flash to have a fun adventure, you have him fight the Rainbow Raider. Yeah. A.K.A. Roy G. Bivolo.
3: Right, right. If you want to get his An balls artist. tickled, you uh, yeah. you have him fight the Diddler, which is just so upsetting. I hate that guy. He's just always giggling and just playing with your balls. I just cannot stand his whole his story arc.
2: This era is really just chock full of like, you know, he ushered in the Silver Age and he is the Silver Age. It's... Stuff like the introduction of Kid Flash, who's like Wally's nephew. I'm sorry, who's Wally West, Barry's nephew, Mm. who literally in his like within five minutes of being introduced, also gets struck by lightning and doused by chemicals, (laughs) like
0: just immediately. Yes, and we're
2: no. We're
3: just about to get into the modern age Flash with Wally West because he ends up taking the mantle. what is there anything else you want to talk about with the, when it comes to the Silver Age before uh, and and Barry Allen's heyday before we move on? Uh
2: if you're getting to the like the end of Barry Allen's initial run and Crisis on Infinite Earths, um I think it uh is really behooves to talk about the work of um to talk about Carrie Bates who was the writer for like the late era of the original Flash run who really uh, around this time, in the 70s, and uh, Spider-Man kills off Gwen Stacy. That famous panel, that little crack heard around the world. And it just opens up the floodgates where, like, oh, oh, shit can get personal. A hero can fail. Things can get, like, fucking dark. And so uh, the reverse Flash just starts doing nightmarish shit to Flash. Just abject cruelty. Just absolute He kills Iris West. He frames Barry for her murder. The Flash is on trial. The Flash becomes a fugitive. The Flash is just completely like falling into an abyss of darkness, the likes of which, like you can't even like understand for the era. And it should be noted that like this entire time, all these decades we're talking about, Carmine Infantino is doing the art duties. He has been penciling. This entire run, and it was one of the most like long legendary runs of a penciler in comics history up until that point. I know, uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's Jack Kirby uh, on Fantastic Four that beats him eventually, but mm. and then other stuff, but it's uh, that might have been wrong. If I'm wrong, please correct me in a very polite uh DM. Uh, but, you know, he keeps up his art with the times and it's just it becomes a true psychodrama. It is a fascinating turn of events as this once goofy, lovable hero ends up traveling through time and being twisted by loss and grief and fighting and losing against this, you know, being charged guilty for murder, doing all this stuff that like previously you could not do with a character of this era. Um And so, yeah, the wheels are kind of running dry. The multiverse stuff is getting crazy. Everything's uh, kind of going into, running into a halt. And that's when Crisis on Infinite Earths happens.
3: Yep, that's right. Uh, you know, I mean, I think we got we got Wally West just out of the whole... We talk about it, actually, in our, um, I think, Black Adam mm. episode, where we talked about the introduction of superhero families. Mm. Everybody had to have a sidekick. Everybody had to have a lady version and a kid version and all that kind of stuff. So, in that out of that popular trend, you have Wally West, who enters the scene as Kid Flash back in 1959, created by John Broom and Carmine Infantino. He was Barry Allen's wife's nephew, suffers that freak accident. We talked about it. Uh, He goes on to become the founding member, uh, a founding member of the Teen Titans back in the 60s. So you got to have the pedigree. Flash was the first Justice Society, one of the first members of that. You got Teen Titans, uh, coming in, and and
2: Wally's right there as the Flash version for that. Along with Aqualad and Robin and Wonder Girl and all these mm-hmm. little sidekicks, yeah.
3: And after the events of Crisis on Infinite Earths published uh, from 1985 to 1986, Wally takes the mantle as the Flash. Barry Allen sacrifices his own life in order to save the world, and uh, this is the first time in comics That someone else steps up to the plate to take on a role formerly held by a different person. Again, a trope used quite often moving forward. Again, always paving the way. The Flash paves the way Mm -hmm. on so much shit that it's so unfortunate (laughs) that it is a true testament to the curse of the DCU. That they weren't able to be the first movie to introduce the multiverse into films when that is just again the whole reason for the season right now, uh, and we'll get into again that later. And thanks Ezra, it really <laughs> helped him out with that one. But anyways, um, so yeah, so the new Flash comic with Wally uh, as the hero begun- begins running in 1987, and it takes a wild swing right up top. Wally wins the lottery. Kind of turns into, like, a Tony Stark type of guy. Slowly, his money just evaporates over time, and he gets humbled and goes back to being, like, kind of more of a normal person, at least financially. Uh, I think the big thing we alluded to earlier, let's break it down now, is the introduction of the Speed Force, which is something that the TV show... Had a lot of uh, stuff going on with with that in the TV show. You've got the movies now. It's just so such a big part of the whole Flash identity is the pseudoscience of the Speed Force. Uh, is this is in the 90s? It's established in 1994 by writer Mark Wade. In Flash number 91, he said, We began considering reconstructing the source of speed in the DC universe. With the exception of Wally and Barry, who shared an origin, every other speedster in the DC pantheon seemed to have acquired his or her power from a different source. And even Wally's power seemed to behave differently from Barry's sometimes. And then there was Barry's predecessor, Jay. Jay's origin in particular drives me insane. He was knocked unconscious by hard water fumes and awoke to find himself possessed of near light speed nice work if you can get it i suppose it's not the least thought out origin in comics but it's up there what in this world tied him to the other speedsters what in this world tied any of our speedsters together what off this world boom lightning in a jar the idea that there was some extra dimensional energy source out there quote beyond the speed of light whatever the hell that means I remember muttering as I frantically dialed Brian's office, the discovery of that speed force would absolutely rock Wally's world. And the speed force was a way to unify all mm-hmm. the speedy heroes in terms of where their powers came from as a pseudoscience. That could form the basis of many storylines involving them.
2: So, Mark Wade's run in the 90s on the Wally West Flash series is iconic. So much of the stuff that we now associate with the Flash was born from that moment. I found Wally to be a very endearing character, his relationship with Linda Park, uh, his uh, love interest, and, you know, um, eventually he'd he'd even have children with her. Um, Incredibly endearing. He could either be winning the lottery, or a lot of times he had this kind of, like, Peter Parker struggling every man kind of thing to him. And Wade had a ton of fun with the Speed Force and the idea that, like, Speed could be controlled, speed could be given, speed could be taken away. What does it mean to, like, vibrate through an object? Um, Previously, he even brought in so many other early speedster characters, like uh, Jesse and James, or Johnny Quick and Jesse Quick, who, like you said, they got their powers by drinking a formula. Um, Max Mercury? Was introduced, and he was uh, originally introduced in the 40s around the same time as Jay Garrick was, uh, but he was originally known as Quicksilver. Uh-huh. So they had to change that when they brought him back in Wade's Run because there was already a much more popular, much more copyrighted Quicksilver. Um, and he even introduced future stuff like uh, Impulse, Bart Allen, as like the cool, edgy, new teen Flash to kind of mirror Kid Flash's origins. Um, he introduced the villain Savitar who like really fucked with like the idea of the speed force. He was like this sage evil master of speed who ran a speed cult. Um, he even got his own reser- uh, reverse flash with zoom who was, uh, like a paralyzed police officer. I think who the big reveal with him was he could never, the flash could never like catch up to him because zoom didn't run fast. He just stopped time entirely so you could never catch up to him because he was like you couldn't move while he was using his powers. Very fun idea. For a while, I remember they like made references to the idea that like Jay Garrick couldn't access the speed force. He could just run fast. Mm. And so he had like physical limits. But then they gave him the speed force because it was getting kind of weird with him being like, you guys are going too fast. The wind's hurting my exposed face. (laughs) Speed force now can like cover up any and all like, hey, how do you do that? Like physics questions, because you know, the idea, why doesn't his skin catch on fire? Why doesn't his brain liquefy every time he decelerates? How can like he like, you know, all the fun, like how can he uh, create tornadoes? That's not how tornadoes work. Now you can just point to the Speed Force and say the Speed Force did it. I read an amazing comic in uh, from the, I believe it was like 1968, and it was uh, from World's Finest, you know, the big team-up book where Batman and Superman used to hang out, and it was the definitive, who's faster, the Flash or Superman? And they had a big race through space while they tried to, like, fight a bunch of alien bad guys that turned out to be General Zod. And a bunch of, like, evil Kryptonians that escaped the uh, Phantom Zone. You don't need to know that detail. I just like ha- I like that I know that detail. And because they didn't have the Speed Force yet, the what they came up with for how he could run through space was he had a magic amulet given to him by the guardians of the of uh, Oa, like the Green Lantern's little blue friends, and it projected an infinite road in front of him so he could run in space. <laughs> and then on top of that, it had to be like, and the Flash can run on the Green Lantern infinite road because he uh, painted the bottom of his shoes, which are yellow. Cause otherwise he would fall through it. Cause yellow doesn't work on green light. Like just the, ama- the hoops they have to jump through are now completely gone. Cause he can just say, uh, speed force. The flash can do it. Cause speed force, the only limit is your imagination.
3: Yeah. Which isn't that so funny. Cause I mean, wasn't that just what we were saying about the
2: multiverse mm-hmm. utility, my friend utility. And the, what the speed force is has been changed a million times. I mm-hmm. last, I've, I I'm so behind on the comics. Like, Jeff Johns says that, like, the speed force is generated from Barry, that all the speed in the cosmos is from him. And the more he runs, the more powerful it becomes. And that's why there's like more speedsters the more, the longer he's around. Even just the name speedsters as like this catch all term for. Character what runs fast is like this Mm -hmm. insane thing that would only happen in the world of comic books.
3: Totally. And uh, before we leave the world of comic books, Jake, is there anything else you want to say as we need to make our way into the television series as well as the- Oh uh, yeah, we're
2: really, we're going long, aren't we? As Um, well as the DCU. I remember when Jeff Johns brought Barry Allen back and me and my Wally loving friends were like, I mean Jeff Johns is a good writer. It's a fun story. They're doing, you know, they're they're you know, it's the art is really good. I would think it was Ethan Van Skyver or someone um who turned out to be a shithead whatever. We're not talking mm. about it. Um the you know, it's it's great. It's uh it's compelling. They're doing fun stuff with the lore, especially turning like the the whole idea that his mom di- the revelation that like uh Professor Zoom was like not just evil enough to kill his mom in the past, but like he pushed him down the stairs when he was a kid. He like did all this fucked up shit. And the revelation that it was like, it was me, Barry. I did everything became a meme on the internet. Uh, April, if you can play the uh, I jerked you off when your first date (laughs) clip. I think it's very funny.
1: Remember when you were making out with your first girlfriend. And you came right as she touched your leg. It was me, Parry. I jerked you
2: off at super speed so it'd seem like you nutted at just a woman's touch. And in the intervening years, they've done Wally so dirty. He's like, he had to go to like multiverse rehab and then he like killed everybody. But then they retconned it so that he didn't kill everybody. And he like, he's running around sometimes just as also the Flash, but he... The way you can tell the difference is Wally Flash doesn't have pupils on his mask and Barry Flash does. It's just like, and then there was Rebirth on Rebirth and New 52 and all this new, new 52. I don't even know what the Flash status quo is anymore. Yeah. But like this character has always been in flux, always being reimagined, reiterated because he is so powerful in the imaginations. The fandom has been with him for so long. And it is this own self-contained, beautiful, just chunk of the absurd heights that serialized comic book storytelling over the course of 80 years can be.
3: Yeah, I'd say The Return of Barry Allen to is probably top wreck. I think if you were to say, hey, go, go check out these Flash comics... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, always like to give a nice little recommendation. I think Flashpoint, if you're especially interested in Flash as it pertains to the new movie. Mm. But, uh, uh Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's kind of the go-to for sure, Return of Barry Allen. All right, the TV series. Back in the late 80s, Warner Bros. Television made an early attempt at turning DC Comics characters into live-action TV properties for CBS. Uh, this That show ran for one season and 22 episodes. Cut to
2: 2013. Well, uh, when uh, after wait, the three things you got to know. Three things you got to know about get, this about 90s old, Flash About dude. that weird old Flash show. Uh, yeah. Number one. Uh, the costume is a ludicrous mix it's of so absurd foam rubber spandex latex it's one of those paint. weird muscled Suits that you can get as a it joke. It supposedly costs millions of dollars, and like you can tell from early episodes to later episodes that they can't afford to replace it because it ends up looking real rough by the end of that first <laughs> season. Uh, number two, the music is by Danny Elfman. Oh wow! And uh, if just any random scene from that show has the most like bump 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 Danny Elfman ass music you've ever heard. And the third thing you got to know is the star of the series, John Wesley Shipp, ended up uh, being Barry Allen's dad in the later series. Bonus fourth thing, uh, Mark Hamill played the uh, cackling villain, the Trickster, who was a classic like Clown Princey kind of character um, in the original series. And it was kind of his first major like return to pop culture kind of like fun roles, and he definitely would not have secured the role of the Joker in Batman the Animated Series if it wasn't for his performance as the trickster in this short-lived 90s show.
3: Uh, all right, cuts to 2013, when after the success of Arrow on The CW, the co-creators of that show, Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg, along with the director of the pilot of Arrow, David Nutter, and <laughs> COO of DC Comics. No, I just love it. COO of DC Comics. At the time, Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. uh, who we mentioned, of course, previously, developed a series based on the Barry Allen Flash. They also put him into a couple of episodes episodes of arrow season two to try to kind of soft launch the character. The show runs for nine seasons. It ended in 2023. It ran for a decade with over 20 episodes each season. I was kind of blown away yeah. by the sheer amount of we flash episodes. could episode. easily
2: do an entire episode just on the, the flash, Arrowverse. Arrowverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and the fans of this show are dedicated. My father is one of them. Uh, my dad also is the one who told me to read that, uh, 1960s, uh, thing where the Flash and Superman race in space. Um, it settled a lot of arguments, even though I think the ending was kind of, like, they both were paralyzed and had to crawl across the finish line. That doesn't prove who's faster. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, no, it's the way that they, like, it became this, like, bizarre love letter to, uh, DC lore. And introduced way more, you know, we wouldn't have uh, Legends of Tomorrow or uh, we wouldn't have the Supergirl series that emerged from that. We wouldn't have the Superman and Lois Lane series that emerged from that. It became this like weird, like competent yet still under budget, like TV destination for honest to God comic book fans and fans of smoochy CW dramas. In a way that, like, I wish I could have gotten more into. Yeah. Like, there is so much in the Arrowverse Flash that uh, just did we don't have time to get into. But it did solidify a lot of things. You know, you had Eobard Thon. Yeah. You had Crisis on Infinite Earth. So you had the anti-monitor. You
3: got Jake, J. Garrick Flash, Multiverse, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean, of course they had to. Nine fucking seasons. Mm-hmm. They had to bring it all in, right? At some point. It's just an unbelievable amount of episodes. Uh yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And um, you know, it it it's it's a shame they weren't able to. You know, like what they're doing now with, uh, I think DC even DC properties moving forward. What Marvel's been doing is, inc- it's a shame they weren't able to uh, to merge the two uh, properties. And
2: no, it's the Arrowverse Flash is all the more beautiful because yeah, it just exists it's just in its, its own, own thing, weird thing.
3: And Snyder couldn't get his grubby little hands on it. I still that Snyder
2: still think it's weird that they established that uh, Barry Allen and Iris were like brother and sister, Mm. but Barry Allen still had a crush on her. I don't, that was odd. (laughs) That was odd. Don't approve of that choice. Really weirded me out in the first season. They really leaned heavily on it.
3: And of course, Zack Snyder uh, chose not to include Grant Gustin into the greater DC cinematic universe saying, I just don't think it was a good fit. Mm. Uh, And that is how we merge over or move over into the DCU flash. There have been starts and stops with a Flash movie since the mid-aughts, uh, first with David S. Goyer directing Ryan, Ryan Reynolds as the lead role. This ended with creative differences, and Sean Levy was brought in to take over directing with George Miller working on a Justice League film. but mm, uh, could have been. I know, right? Uh, th- uh, with uh, Adam Brody from The O.C. playing Flash. This falls apart in 2007. And after that, a slew of directors were in and out of the project. It's kind of insane how many hands touched this thing. In 2013, uh, based on the success of the MCU, Warner Brothers scrambled to. I'm sorry, um, they, they, they. Carefully put together a (laughs) a set of films to be a shared universe for DC Comics, which they announced in 2014. The Flash is finally introduced into the DC Cinematic Universe, starting with a small cameo in the film Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, as well as Suicide Squad. Both of which hit theaters in 2016, both of which were not wonderfully received. Uh, Then he is featured in the arguably worst film, Justice League, in 2017. He is played by the now infamous Ezra Miller. They were trained in opera at the age of six in order to overcome a speech impediment and sang for the Metropolitan uh, Opera. At the age of 16, they dropped out of high school after the film After School, in which they starred, came out in 2008. This gave them a career in film acting and a few years later in 2011, they had their breakout roles in We Need to Talk About Kevin, followed shortly thereafter by The Perks of Being a Wallflower.
2: Weird that uh, one character was a troubled child with uh, severe uh, antisocial Mental health issues, and the other one was a uh, sassy, on um, borderline insufferable queer character.
3: <laughs> I, uh, uh, it is yeah. I definitely titled my next section of my notes after this one. We need to talk about Ezra. I, it's mm-hmm. hacky, but it is what it is. But before we get there, we'll definitely get into Ezra's bullshit. Uh, let's get the project off the ground at least. Finally, finally the project is in the hands of director Andy Muschietti. Muschietti got noticed from his supernatural uh, horror film, Mama, based on a short film he made of the same name, which got him the It remakes, which were a huge success. Mm -hmm. Might say the first one better than the second one, but they were big breakout, hits for this guy he then manages to finally get the project off the ground with a total of 45 writers having been involved in this script kudos to birds of prey writer christina hodson for winning that arbitration battle (laughs) because holy shit the amount of lawyers involved on that arbitration battle If you don't know, when a script gets completed, it goes into arbitration and a bunch of lawyers get together and scream at each other to figure out who gets actual writing credit on the project. Oftentimes the person who gets credit just has the best lawyers mm-hmm. involved. They're not even the one that did the most work on it per se. I mean, that's what arbitration You don't
2: want to walk away with a shitty story by. Yeah. Where
3: nobody wants the story by. Yeah.
2: And you want that fucking oh, written by. Because getting that written
3: by gets you mad fucking money. Huge ass mm. money, especially on a project like this. Also, fun fact, Lord and Miller of Into the Spider-Verse fame, uh, who we talked to all about in our Into the Spider-Verse episode, they were attached and wrote a treatment back in 2016 as just one small point in the timeline of development for the movie. Think about that. Mm. Then, I believe, after that, right? Did they go on after that
2: to write Into the Spider-Verse? You said 2016 is when they got it? Yeah, a When is Into the Spider-Verse I think come Spider-Verse out? was 2016, so... So, isn't that interesting
3: that... A multiverse-based no 2018 2018 isn't that interesting? That a multiverse-based flash film happened, and they worked on it mm-hmm. in 2016. Didn't I don't go know anywhere. How much of their treatment? I don't know how much of their treatment made it into future stuff. I have no idea, but there is something interesting going on there with mm-hmm. them. Then leaving that. And going, hey, I mean, there has to be a a connection there with with those two projects and and them going on to make Into the Spider-Verse. At the very least, they had multiverse in the brain Mm -hmm. when they moved on to that project. So... Uh, That is fascinating to me, that little point in the history of it all. The project, for a long time up until they actually filmed it in 2021, is based on the comic book story arc Flashpoint, written by Jeff Johns, first published in 2011. It centers around the Flash, going back in time to save his mother's life, and he finds himself stuck in an alternate timeline. The film has some elements from this comic, but with significant changes and with more of an emotional core. I guess the other one, Flashpoint, uh, a, a comparison was made to Jacob's Ladder, uh, whereas you know this is a little bit more, yeah, kind of get, getting a little more grounded and a little more humanistic. It also introduces the multiverse into the DCU, and with style, as they, of course, managed to get Michael Keaton to reprise his role as Batman. Who else... Could have been as impactful mm-hmm. other than fucking uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like who else would even be like this movie can't is not the, the movie it is without Michael Keaton uh, in there. So it's inc-
2: an incredible or at the very least. Them. It gave them something, someone better to put in all the marketing. Yeah, for sure.
3: So, yeah, this is where we get to we need to talk about Ezra. The trouble with Ezra Miller began in early 2020 when a video got out on Twitter of them choking a woman and throwing her to the ground in Iceland. Cut to 2022. Miller is arrested and charged with disorderly conduct and harassment due to an incident at a bar in Hawaii. Police reports had this to say. Miller began yelling obscenities and at one point grabbed the microphone from a 23-year-old woman singing karaoke and later lunged at a 32-year-old man playing darts. The bar owner asked Miller to calm down several times to no avail. Their bail was paid for by a couple that they were living with. And that couple sought a restraining order against Miller just two days Days later, saying they had stolen from them, I believe uh, the the lady's passport was stolen and um, some money, something like that. Uh, a couple months after that, Miller is accused of grooming a child since they were twelve. The eighteen year old who was living with Miller was uh, called the accusations "quote a disgusting uh, and irresponsible smear campaign." This is an indigenous person, so very bizarre story just and at this point people are really starting to be like what is going on with this person like what is what is happening here Ezra Miller also apparently housed a mother and her children at their Vermont home in dangerous conditions with weapons lying around allegedly a 1-year-old put a loose bullet In her mouth. You said it's not the one-year-old. It's the six-year-old put the
2: bullet. There's, I, who, oh my God. It's, it's. it's the other one was like, had
3: pee on it. I don't know what There was a
2: a baby on the farm, got weed smoke blown directly in their face. And to like, someone also said that Ezra like, wafted his hand to blow more weed smoke on the baby. It's just a swath of alcohol, uh, paranoid behavior, uh, I listen the fact that there are so many women uh involved with uh underage girls uh, involved in the accusations at one point uh one of the uh accusers said that he like m- like grabbed their daughters hips in a suggestive manner during one of the many drunken break-in incidents um uh the whatever is going on with Tokata Eyes. Uh, their parents are, like, you know, were the one that filed all these, like, uh, restraining orders and desperately claimed that, like, she was groomed and, like, entranced by this genderqueer, beautiful child actor who, uh, just has, uh, he was, at one point he was, like, openly taunting police officers that were looking for him on Instagram, um, a lot of former friends uh talk about how he had delusions of being a christ like figure that uh tokata was a indigenous spider goddess and that their conjoining would bring about a uh a a indigenous revolution in America like it's just a completely unhinged behavior there you know depending on how far you want to put it it's like just the kind of things that in if he wasn't I'm sorry if God, the kind of things that if they weren't who they were, they would be in jail. They would not be removed from society. Maybe put into uh, a mental health facility. Just the fact that this person can is still running around and just doing a like I'm sorry" apology tour to get this movie out really highlights a lot of the ways that the rules are different for the rich and famous. And so a lot of popular backlash is like, well, if society is just going to be asleep at the wheel. The only thing we can do is make us think about him on the internet and not see his movies. Finally, in January of
3: 2023, they were arrested for stealing alcohol from a neighbor's empty house, uh, which just sounds like shenanigans to me. I mean, that one. I, I they
2: claim that they were getting rice wine for a recipe they were cooking <laughs> and that their neighbor would be fine with it, like, you know, take, borrowing a cup of sugar.
3: According to The Hollywood Reporter, this all gave Warner Bros. three options. They could give an interview at some point. This is a quote from The Hollywood Reporter. They could give an interview at some point explaining their erratic behavior over the past few years. The actor could then do limited press for The Flash and the movie would open in cinemas as planned. Second scenario. Even if Miller doesn't reach out for help, Warners could still release the film but don't expect Miller to play a prominent role in terms of marketing and publicity nor would Miller be the Flash going forward as the role would be recast in future projects. The third... The situation with Miller deteriorates further. This would see Warner's killing the movie outright as it could not be reshot with a different actor. Miller plays multiple characters and is in almost every scene. And the publication added that scrapping a $200 million film would be an unprecedented move. Okay, so that's what you got to understand. I mean, when-
2: they've scrapped a $90 million Batgirl movie, yes. but that was for a tax break. Scrapping <laughs> a $200 million movie, whoa there, Kimosabi. Well,
3: it at least helps explain when people are like, I can't believe they're actually putting this fucking movie out. How dare they actually put this movie out when it's like, because it's too, it's yeah, it makes, it makes sense to me personally because of that. And then the fact that James Gunn is then put into the head role. And if there's anybody who's going to have any amount of empathy for people getting like canceled, uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, and the nuance of that, it's going to be James Gunn. So the film is delayed yet again due to Miller's antics. DC Comics CEOs James Gunn and Peter Saffron said, Ezra is completely committed to their recovery, and we are fully supportive of that journey that they're on right now. Uh, you also have Ezra Miller's statement. Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. Other people have spoken out, like Michael Shannon, uh, to support Ezra Miller, saying they've you know they were but it's the classic like well they were perfectly nice to me I'm sure they were very Mm -hmm. nice to you Michael Shannon but uh, it is all very interesting and people, you know, people are not watching this film, choosing to not do it because of this. I, you know, I think for James Gunn also, it was very important. James Gunn was always out there saying like, this movie is very, very good. I am incredibly, like of all the stuff I saw coming in as like top dog at, at DC Comics for the films, the, uh, you know, this movie really impressed. I also think, though, he just needs this movie James Gunn does Mm -hmm. to reset everything at DCU and perfectly set the stage to usher in all these future projects that are on the docket uh, with, with having a total absolute time travel multiverse MacGuffin Mm -hmm. in order to do that. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird one for sure. I I think people are pretty hot on the movie uh, based on what I've seen online for the most part. Uh, I did see someone out there saying like, this is kind of like, Bastardizes like Flashpoint a little bit, uh, or, or, well, you know, stuff like that.
2: 90% of Flashpoint was just about how the butterfly wing effect of what Barry did uh-huh. affects other heroes. Yes. So, like, the, if, you know, if it's just about going back in time and saving his mom, like, it's who knows. Um, uh, it's, it's, yeah. I, I don't know whether or not I'm going to watch it. I, you know, not because. Like A, because I do have a lot of multiverse fatigue, and B, I just, you know, it's just, I, I'm, it's, going to the movies is a pain in the ass. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I live so far away from a nearby theater, I can never just pop in. It has to be like an all-day journey at this point. I
3: mean, talk to me now, especially now with a kid. Yeah. It is such a rarity. I mean, you have to make it work. You need to assign me to it, Jake, so I can go. Oh, yeah. Make me go.
2: Well. <laughs> like we did with the Super Mario Bros. All right, movie. right, we'll it's set like, up a Zoom I, yeah. call on our phones, and we'll each watch Oppenheimer in full IMAX, <laughs> and we'll just be like, oh, I can't hear anything. It's so loud. <laughs> I will say uh, Ezra Miller did
3: attend the premiere on June 12th at Grauman's Chinese Theater. Not a ton besides that, though, from Ezra around this movie uh and uh yeah this movie will like i said kind of usher in the whole new phase for the dcu but talk about a cursed fucking uh comics cinematic universe i mean it's insane this movie was so important and got s- and was supposed to come out you know how many years <laughs> ago this movie should have come out but then covid and ezra and and then the whole shakeup happening mm-hmm. at dc Uh, in general with the dcu and then for it to finally come out but then marvel beats them to the whole multiverse thing not only beats them to it but like you said establishes a full-on fatigue of it before the movie comes out and i i'm just kind of blown away at how fucked the dc is constantly due to all these weird external reasons and who that ever that witch is (laughs) I'm interested to meet you and I want to know what makes you tick that you would curse an entire cinematic universe it is unbelievable. And what did they do to you to make you that mad? I mean, it is unbelievable. Can't you just thinner someone? I mean, do you really have to uh, do a full on curse to a full cinematic universe? Hey, it's me that did laugh. And I'm here to tickle your balls,
2: Jeez. If there's one thing I have learned from this topic, it's that. The Flash will keep on running as long as people yearn for a hero, as long as writers will play with time and space and the very nature of matter itself. As long as people just imagine, as long as anyone has ever imagined just like, what if I could do things faster? The Flash will survive in our collective imagination. And I think it's the work of hundreds of people that made it possible the character has been through so much. The character has uh, broken the rules so many times. I didn't even mention, you know, the Flash is in the Marvel universe as well. Did you? Do you know about this?
3: N- no. The
2: uh, after they killed Barry Allen in Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, four years later, Mark Gruenwald, writing Quasar for Marvel, introduced a bearded blonde man who could run at superhuman speeds who had been lost in a dimensional vortex and his he could only remember his name as buried allen <laughs> and he was he was just the flash but in the marvel universe <laughs> um i think he's uh, a great aspirational character i think in any and all iterations the flash is selfless kind hearted and uh always like willing to do what's best and i think I look forward to engaging with Stories of the Flash for many years to come. Um, April, I want to uh, play us out this week with a song written by uh, Jim Infantino, who is Carmine Infantino's nephew. Uh, He was uh, the lead of a Massachusetts-based band that I was super into in college called Jim's Big Ego. A lot of goofy stuff, kind of like a Ben Foldsy, they might be giants, kind of Rye alt rock outfit. The song is called "The Ballad of Barry Allen," and it's a uh, weirdly pensive kind of e- examination of the character and what it must be like to be able to move faster than the speed of light. Uh, I would deeply appreciate it if we play that uh, as we make our exit, Holden. What do you got for us?
3: Hell yeah, dude. Thank you so much for joining us for our episode on The Flash. If you'd like to support us further, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. That's patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. You get for $5 a month weekly bonus episodes, ad free episodes of these on the main feed, and also pre sale links for our tour. Going up, LastPodcastNetwork.com, by the way, for all of our tour tickets. Uh, we are uh, hitting uh, Portland and Seattle. I think we'll already have hit it by the time you guys hear this. But we are back on the road, guys. In June, July, uh, we've already had, we're already, we're, it is June. Yes, June, July, September, October. It's going to get nuts, guys. So join us for that. Uh, but anyways, uh, also catch me, twitch.tv forward slash Nature's Ho, Monday through Friday streams, playing a lot of Street Fighter on Thursday mornings. You should definitely check that out. Twitch.tv forward slash Nature's Ho. Jake!
2: Follow me on Twitter at Best Jake Young, Instagram at Best Jake Young. And hey, I do a little streamy thing on Thursdays. It's called the c cartoon Dumpster. Every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern over on Twitch.tv slash Puppet We watch weird old cartoons from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And we just rag on them and have a grand old time. Uh, tequila is drank. Laughs are had. If you enjoy this show, I guarantee you will enjoy this stream. Check me out Thursday, 7 p.m., Twitch.tv. Slash puppet Jared. All right, and always remember never stop bruising and keep on flashing. I've got time to think
1: about the beauty of a thousand variations Of the beating of a wing Of a hummingbird suspended in the aspect of the world Moving slower than molasses As I'm off to catch the girl Who is falling off the bridge And I'm there before she knows it I'll be gone before she sees me Got my hand around her waist I pull her back to safety. This show is made possible by listeners like you.